So hi everyone and welcome to today's podcast. My guest today is Margaret Chen. Margaret is SAP's VP Human Resources Greater China Region and she's responsible for developing, implementing human resources strategic initiatives that supports the region's fast business growth, translating business needs into human resources solutions. Margaret, it's great to have you here today. I know Great China is a significant region for SAP. So tell us more about SAP presence in your region. Thank you, Nelly. Thanks for having me. It's great to have the opportunity to talk to the audience today. And for us in Greater China, we are in, uh, we have over 6,000 employees across the region. We have like over uh, 13 different offices in the locations. In fact, if I look at uh, SAP China, we are celebrating our 25th anniversary this year. So 2020 is really special to us. And in the region, we have like the presence of uh, labs, you know, our development uh, part of SAP. Uh, we have about half of our population uh, that belongs to, you know, the development community. So a big presence there. Of course, we also have our few sales organizations that go to market, you know, business groups. Uh, we also have like a services delivery, uh, which will, of course, provide, you know, support to all our customers uh, in the region, as well as uh, you would imagine all the other supporting functions like, you know, marketing, finance, uh, HR and so on. Great. And I know uh, the labs in China are the top three labs in the world. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it's good to have like, you know, uh, one of the top three labs uh, in our location is, uh, as you've mentioned earlier, it is a strategic location. And we also have our uh, one of the global biggest support center in Dalian in China as well. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, Greater China has been the first region impacted by COVID-19 crisis. And, you know, we're all eager to learn more about the human experience at work, being the first region to go through this with no playbook to guide you or your team. So please tell us, what was the biggest challenge for you and the HR team going through the COVID crisis and at first, and how did you manage? So as, as you would imagine, right, uh, we are the first region facing, you know, uh, the COVID-19. And the outbreak actually happened right after um, the Chinese New Year holiday we have in the end of January. So all of a sudden, when we were like preparing people to go back to work, everything back to normal after the Chinese New Year break, we have to make a decision to say that, no, no one is going back to work, you know, um, the offices are all closed. Uh, we request all our 6,000 employees uh, to work from home. And as you would imagine, there's no playbook. This is something that just happened and we've immediately put together a task force team uh, across not only within HR, but we also collaborate very closely with the business units as well. So we have a task force that that is like representations from the business as well as from HR and then look at, you know, what do we need to do? When we announced that the work from home at the same time, uh, the schools are also being suspended. So you can imagine, you know, um, majority of our employees will have to juggle two tasks at home, working from home and at the same time parenting at home. So how do we ensure that employees can also, you know, be less so able to manage both tasks uh, at the same time. 
So on one hand is, uh, you know, protecting and safeguarding the well-being of our employees, managing both tasks. Uh, on the other hand, we also need to think of how can we ensure that the operation can continue. Business continuity is also a very critical piece as well. So yeah, let me quote you an example. We have like the um, annual compensation review cycle in February, just after Chinese New Year. So this is a time when we just announced everyone who work from home and all 6,000 employees, meaning they will have to do their compensation review all remotely from wherever they are. The good news is, you know, in SAP, we have already moved our HR solutions to the cloud. So everyone, regardless of where they are, will be able to access the compensation tools. Okay, so we are able to follow the global schedule. Uh, in three weeks' time, even though we are working remotely, we were able to complete the entire exercise. Uh, we are providing, you know, compensation adjustment for over, you know, 5,500 uh, employees, uh, including, uh, you know, bonus allocations for 5,100 of them, uh, equity allocations, as well as, you know, the um, career progression and promotions, and all done all done while people are all working remotely. So that's, that's, that's the thing that there's no hiccups, things run as, as usual. And I think that also provides employees, you know, the sense and the confidence that yes, you know, things can happen as, as normal, even though they are not in the office, you know, and thanks to the fact that we have already gone through this digital transformation journey uh, within the HR organization. And, and that, that helps a lot in situations like this. How, how did your priorities change throughout the different phases? So at the beginning, you know, your concern was uh, really health and safety and people able to manage and also to ensure business continuity. How did these uh, priorities change throughout the, the crisis? Yeah. So if I look at it, you know, we probably can, you know, have uh, different phases, right? You know, the first phase is employee safety. And then we are ensuring that when they work from home, they have access to all the digital tools that you know the company provides them and they have access to the systems and everything and then the next phase we have to ensure that okay business needs to run as normal so we immediately look at you know how do we do onboarding how do we you know still continue to do you know recruitment arranging you know virtual interviews and virtual you know all the virtual meetings and then at the third phase we also start to think you know, it's not just about, you know, the safety, the normal operation. We also need to take care on how people can actually stay connected, right? Connected as a team, connected as an individual, right? Because that's, you don't have like your normal days. You can run into a colleague in the pantry or, you know, when you are down the corridor, you see each other and then you started to talk about things and started to chat, right? You don't have that opportunity now. But how can you continue to make people feel that? They are connected in a way, right? And then how can we ensure we provide communications and clear, you know, guidelines to our employees as things continue to change and the situations continue to evolve. So that, that piece of connecting people and the piece of really encouraging the leadership team to really reach out to their teams for formal meetings as well as informal ones, like, you know, even casual chats so that people can still feel the, the so-called the touch in a way, virtual way, and the care, you know, of, of the leaders, even though, you know, they are working remotely. So that is also something we put a lot of emphasis on, you know, and in, the, in the third phase. And then, of course, 
And the fourth way, we then look at when the situation has been contained um, in China. We are looking at so how do we actually start to put a plan in place for people to go back to the office? And how can we make that happen? Because the last thing we want is uh, within Greater China, you know, we are very uh, lucky in the sense that all 6,000 employees as well as the families, we don't have one infected case. When we reopen the office, of course, we have that in mind. That is still our priority. How can we ensure that safety, right, and continue to have no infected case? And so what do we need to do? Right, uh, for all our offices, it's not just one location, but all, you know, uh, 13 different locations. How can we ensure that? And then how can we gradually phase, take a gradual approach for people to go back to the office instead of everyone going back in one go because the, the risk will be high. So we have to really put a very detailed plan in place on what needs to happen before we reopen the office. And then when we reopen the office, how can we keep track on the number of people that are going back to office, and then even details down to what happens to people cannot have lunch together at the canteen. So what do we do? Right? So you know all you know uh, details like this. We really need to work on a, a plan and have everything detailed out when we reopen our office, and the people will have the confidence. Yes, they can now gradually move back to the office. And so far, things has been smooth for us. Well, this is great to hear. And uh, I really like how, how you went through the different phases. I, I know throughout the phases, uh, you were looking at the safety of people and the business continuity. And then on the third one, you spoke about, let's say, staying connected. Uh, we're going to go back to uh, the going back to uh, office phase uh, later. But here, how important important was it to keep a pulse on people's well-being, engagement, experience throughout? How, how did you keep track on that? You know, Nelly, as you would imagine, this is, uh, and I keep telling my leaders this, this is the very first a big dry run we ever have on remote work, right? Um, so on one hand, we think that, oh, we are giving employees this, we are ensuring, you know, normal operation, business continuity. But it's also like you have highlighted, important to really keep a pulse on how our employees are doing, what, what are they feeling now, right? And so we uh, ran a, a remote work pulse survey. We st- uh, did the first one around, you know, March. Okay, uh, reaching out to the employees, uh, asking them to fill out a quick pulse survey on what their sentiment is, whether they are feeling a positive or they are neutral or negative, right? So we get a sense. And at the same time, we also ask them questions on what can we do to help them, right? To make sure that they feel that they have the support, they have the necessary tools for them to, to be productive, even uh, when they're working from home. And uh, what, what, uh, whether they, um, what do they expect from their leaders? Uh, we also keep a, a pulse check on the confidence level on the leadership as well. Whether they uh, have confidence on the senior leadership team uh, that we will weather this you know, storm together and that they still have confidence on you know, SAP future, right? And so far, the feedback was very positive. In Greater China, we have like over 70% of the employees feeling positive. There are about 12% that is like they're feeling a bit negative, right? And when we dig into, you know, a bit of the details, people um, are sharing with us that, you know, everything they understand, what is expected of them, 
uh, that is, you know, frequent communications from the leaders. But in fact, they are looking for more, more communications, right? Uh, they, they sense that, you know, every piece of information that the company provides to them, they really value it, right? And because there's so many uh, other information on social media, they want to have kind of like a trusted source of that information. And uh, to a certain extent, they are counting on the company to provide that, that trusted source of information to them. And so that's an expectation on the communications. And of course, uh, on the other hand, there are, of course, comments on, you know, the um, support uh, they need coming from, you know, the, the internet access, you know, the, the VPN access and all. With that, uh, we were able uh, to put together, you know, an action plan and look at, so how can we uh, continue to improve on the employee experience on remote work. And in uh, late April, we actually ran our second remote work health survey. Right, with a bit more questions around, you know, teamwork, how people are still collaborating with each other uh, during a, a virtual environment, as well as, you know, um, how is their, their mental status, whether, you know, they are seeing the, the, the stress level, is it okay? Or, you know, people might feel that when you work at home, you work more than 12 hours because the moment you, you, you wake up, you started until maybe, you know, late at night. So how can we make sure that people actually manage um, their work, you know, work at home and then, you know, the other demands at home as, as well, so that they are not burned out and it's a, at a stress level that they can manage. So we continue to build in additional questions and so that we can continue to get feedback from our employees and know what we need to do um, to, to ensure they have, you know, a, a productive uh, the productivity, you know, maintains and um, the stress level is at an acceptable level when they are working from home. So that's the second uh, power survey we did. That's great. And I agree with you in such situation, uh, there isn't limit to too much communication because people are really looking for a trusted source of uh, information that they can rely on. And it's, it's awesome that you were able to take action on some of the uh, highlights that came out of the Pulse survey. So if you go back, what were the learning for you throughout this crisis? And what would you do differently should another one arise in the future? Yeah. So, you know, I always remember this quote from Winston Churchill that never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. So we always keep asking ourselves, so, you know, what do we learn from the last few months and how can we take that learning, you know, uh, and, and do and for the benefits of, you know, what's to come. And uh, so what we did was um, we actually organized uh, workshops with our leaders, right, to really reflect on what happened in the last few months and what are some of their observations from a leadership perspective. Uh, what kind of uh, behaviors or what kind of leadership traits we need to have uh, if we continue to manage a very distributed workforce, not everyone together, you know, in, in one office. So what needs to happen? And based on that uh, feedback, you know, we'll be able to understand what kind of uh, learning programs we will need to put in place, you know, to build that muscles for our leaders so that, you know, in the future, you know, they are more ready. If another, I'm sure there will be another disruption that, that, that is to come, right? And uh, things will never be the same. Maybe remote work is something that is for the future. So they, are, they will be really prepared, 
right, uh, for, you know, what, what's to come. And we also look at, you know, how can we accelerate, right, on the, the various tools and business processes we have to really make it uh, very digital uh, so that, you know, and people are able to have access to the necessary information programs, uh, processes uh, that they need uh, while they are, you know, working from home, not in the office. So that's a lot of things that we have been looking at at the current moment, right? And take our key learnings and then turn it uh, into like, you know, future actions uh, for the HR organizations to ensure that, you know, to build that readiness, right, from the organization as well as from a workforce perspective for the future. Amazing, amazing. I really like the focus on leadership behavior and leadership DNA to strengthen that muscle moving forward. I think, um, you know, leadership is really at the core of all of this and is, has been put to the test with the crisis. And the other thing that I really liked is really how can we simplify and digitize and make life and work for our employees uh, easier and much more acceptable and connect them digitally. I know the lockdown measures are easing in China and um, you have been working on a plan to reopen. Tell us more about how did you prepare for the comeback? And, uh, you know, I'd be interested at a later stage to understand what kind of advice can you give other managers going through uh, the same process now? But since you've gone through it earlier, it would be great to understand how did you do it and what advices do you have? Yeah, so we actually reopened our offices around uh, late March timeframe, right? We, we started, but of course, when we reopened the office, the position we are taking um, is, yes, the office is reopened, but you know, you can continue to work from home, right? We are not asking uh, our employees to say, now the office is reopened, you come back. That's, that's not the, the position we, we talk. We say, you know, it's reopened. If there's a need, you can come back, right? But, that, but we also have a pre-registration process for employees so that we'll be able to monitor how many employees are back in the office. But at the same time, we we'll say, but you, are, you can continue to work from home as, as it is today. And the other thing is we prepared a very detailed guidebook, okay, on all the precautionary measures that we have in place for each of our offices um, so that employees understand, okay, so what are some of the measures the company has already taken to ensure that, you know, the office is safe. So, um, you know, we, we, of course, gone through all the uh, sanitization uh, disinfect, disinfection as well as the body temperature check, you know, at the um, once they enter the premise and, you know, asking people for this part of the world, we ask our employees to wear masks and we also provide masks for them as well. So, so we have all these different measures detailing everything uh, in the guidebook. And even as I mentioned briefly, even at the canteen, right, because people cannot gather uh, at the canteen. So instead of you know, uh, offering meals at the canteen, we offer them, you know, lunch boxes instead, right? And we keep track on a daily basis on how many people uh, come back, you know, um, to the office so that we'll be able to, to monitor. So I would say in the uh, first phase, we only have about 10 to 20% of the, of the employees uh, coming back. 
now I think we have reached a stage where we have like in some locations we have over 50%. In bigger locations, we have around 50% of the employees that are you know going back to, to the office. So I think the fact that we 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 take a very gradual approach help us to understand, you know, what we need to, uh, what additional measures we may need as more people are in the office. And then from that learning, we will then, um, you know, implement new measures. And at the same time, you know, uh, we are also trying to understand, you know, whether, uh, you know, how, how people, uh, when they're back to office as well as those who are working remotely, how they can also continue that working model, be able to collaborate also effectively uh, with this you know hybrid hybrid way of working as well um, and so this is you know what we have done you know in the past couple of months as we continue to um, the people continue to return to work I always feel that, that when we say people return to work it's not returning to the work as it is in the past right I think when people return to work we also need at the same time to really reimagine what work is like uh, in the future as well and how can we gradually put that you know the new the so-called new norm you know back into into um the work you know for all of us so margaret thanks a lot for sharing all of this with us any last advice to the hr leaders who might be listening to our podcast i think you know, as keep emphasizing, I think communication is, is, a, is an important piece. I think that's also the feedback we're getting from our employees. Uh, I think there's nothing to them, there's nothing called over-communicating uh, because they are expecting a lot of, uh, really a lot of information, you know, uh, from, from the company. So that's uh, communication is, is one thing. And, and I also, I would also like to highlight when it comes to communication, don't just focus on the formal communication. I think that's also that informal piece that really connects with people. So that's one thing. The other thing is, even though people are far apart, right, they are working remotely, I think it's important to help employees to stay connected and to feel that they can really, you know, be productive, even virtually as one team, because um, I'm sure, you know, the, the next disruption is there. So how can we continue to make sure that they stay connected and be productive? you know, as the situation, you know, uh, evolves. Great. Margaret, it was a great to have you here. And I really enjoyed and loved listening to your journey, to the lessons learned, bringing that human experience at work to life at SAP Greater China. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Natalie, for the opportunity. And I would also love to hear, you know, uh, what's going on in your parts of the world and also try to learn from, you know, the HR leaders from, uh, from other regions. I'm sure there will be learnings uh, uh, we can take away from, from there as well. Thank you. For sure. So uh, this is uh, something that we ask our audience to stay tuned for and listen to our podcast as we have more HR leaders from all industries from all over the world joining us and sharing their stories. This is Nelly Bustani and you've been listening to Human Experience at Work. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'd like to hear your feedback. So please leave a review. Tell us what you liked, who do you want to hear from and what do you want to hear more of? Thank you so much.